Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. And I'm your co-host, Austin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable for young children, but neither are our D&D games. <laughs> yeah, not at all, yeah. They're bad. Good job. That's Actually, hold on. Have we... No, I guess we really did. The last D&D session we had also wasn't really that bad no. in terms of, like, profanity or anything. This time. Yeah, th- this time, admittedly. <laughs> what are you talking about? You guys made a deal with a devil. That's pretty bad. I mean... <laughs> okay, yeah. so we made a deal with a Vladimir Harkonnen. <laughs> okay, but admittedly, we didn't have very many choices at the moment. No. Isn't that what every person that makes a deal with the devil oh, says? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude that she was kind of cooperative, so... Right. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm Everything really... pointed to where it was okay in this particular situation. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. As if a deal with the devil can ever be okay. But we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. We'll see. <laughs> we don't know the actual deal. We only got to skim it. <laughs> i'm really excited for today's episode today um we're going to be talking challenge accepted in the past we've covered skills covered skill challenge we talked about the products we've released we just released challenge accepted too the one thing we don't do very often is we don't actually cover our own content and i like to give some of it away for free just so you guys got something to bring with you on your next adventure so we'll be covering our uh, most uh, con- our most recent content challenge accepted too, um, but if you decide to pick it up, you, it is standalone, so you don't necessarily need the first one to get any value out of this one. Yeah, it is. Uh, as I was looking through it, it pretty much is. It's like a almost like DLC. You just get more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Crit Academy bringing you DLC and fat loots. Loot crates it, are next. Yeah, loot crates are next. <laughs> We're going to start uh, setting out hats and t-shirts and uh, action figures of ourselves. <laughs> we have like a little it. table. We like squeeze them and they go... Credit card of me. The toy. Oh, dude, that would be totally... That'd, that'd be fun, but... I bet I can do that with a 3D printer. Do you got any modeling skills? No. Well, never mind that. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I I'm really excited to cover that. I have an awesome encounter today. To talk okay. about. I'm really excited for it. So stay tuned for cool. our other tips and tricks segment. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you'd like to support us, head on over to CritAcademy.com. Support, check out our Patreon page. I didn't realize how much stuff we give away on our on our as part of our Patreon. Yeah, we give away quite a bit. I just had to put together like a professional ad. I've been taking like learning all this marketing stuff, and we had to write out all this the stuff that we do and. Right now, if you become like a, a silver patron, you get, I think, seven, seven customized maps. You get uh, 79 different monsters. And of course, I'm and making, counting. Yeah, I mean, this, stuff, yeah. this stuff we're making every week. There's also uh, like 10 one page adventures that are available to the lower tier and, and more than that for the higher tiers. Mm. So. Um, it's been pretty exciting, so consider becoming a, a subscriber. The value is certainly worth it once yeah. I started putting it all together. I was like, damn! Yeah, we give away quite a bit here. <laughs> so um, We should charge more for this. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, if you find that interesting, uh, consider becoming a patron. Uh, or subscribe to our newsletter by and be entered to win fat loots that we give away every single week on the show. So... Thank you yeah. for joining us today here at Critic Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yep, that's right. Your roles are like a D&D adventure without a challenge. Which, 
Uh, if you, there's no challenge in the adventure, is it really an adventure by that point? Then why are you here? Yeah, like... Like, uh, no, no. like uh, that is a genuine question. Is it really an adventure without the challenge? I think it can be, but I think the challenges is what makes games in general enjoyable. Nobody likes to go through a game with no... on easy mode. I don't... Like, where nothing's challenging. I, I yeah guess, i think i mean i guess i can't speak for everyone True. i mean i have played with some ultra casual groups that are just there to hang out more than anything else too yeah. so <laughs> i guess there is also the lore aspect maybe right like yeah, maybe you play I it suppose. just to like just to like and essentially have like an interactive story ah uh, makes a good point depends on how you do the easy part of the, of the adventure and let's be real here that some players fair. have made lots of things way more difficult than they have to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that you no, guys do. That makes sense. Players do that. So yeah, oh yeah, I've definitely yeah. done that. <laughs> I mean, there's been memes going around up like a DM searching for puzzles for children. Yes, I've <laughs> seen that meme format, and I am just I look at it and I'm like, I'm offended by this. It's true, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's like all you have to do is put these shapes in the same shapes in the wall. No, I think it's a trap. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you positively hours, sure? <laughs> ten hours, three sessions, deliberating. Okay. Watch the barbarian jumping trial from the hole. Pull your pants back up, douche. <laughs> uh, for our Let's Talk About Blank segment, we actually have a question submitted by The Beverage Tea. Austin, would you like to uh, read off what he has uh, submitted to us? Sure. Uh, Crit Academy, my group is totally struggling to work as a team. We have no tactics whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. Uh, some of us is, uh, some of it is being new to the game. Some of it, I'm looking at you, Monk, uh, <laughs> is just trying to showboat for each other. And some of it that we just don't know tactics. For okay. example, uh, we never scout out areas first. Uh, we never agree on a plan of attack. We never have contingency plans if it all goes to shit. And we need to retreat. It's all Leroy Jenkins, and it's all the same. Could you go over a few scenarios with a typical party of a fighter, cleric, rogue, caster for how to clear out a dungeon room by room, how to deal with a swarm on an open field, how to break through a horde with your backs to a cliff? So Interesting. I, I really lots... like this question. And I have so many trains of thoughts. Okay. I, I, I do, too. Like, there's definitely a few ways we can really go about this, I think, for sure. Well, let's first break down the, the big elephant in the room. No tactics whatsoever, and you're getting away with that, and just charging in Leroy Jenkins style. It sounds like your DM's probably going a little, a little too easy lenient. on you. Because... Yeah. For instance, the irony to, of how that's tied to everything that we're talking about today. But. Or, yes. <laughs> or the DM's not building around it. That's also true. Because um, we've talked before about... Um, because not all group are heavy tactics. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. But they can't be the same play, the same strategy every time. For instance, when you guys were in Baldur's Gate, if you would have tried this shit going into that, that house with... Uh, <laughs> we would have died. You would have oh, died. Yeah, no, no way. And I, I, no I was very way. clear that there's... Guards. There's hundreds of guards. Yeah, when you said that, I was like... In character, he would want to blow up and try and just be as animalistic as possible. But he knows that if he does that, everyone in this room is dead. <laughs> like, uh, like when the meeting went, went south and the lady called in her guards and suddenly threw the gun plate mail. 
Yeah. You you oh! you look at that and you're like, mm, no, I may be a hero, but I'm not a god. Right. Well, <laughs> like, not yet. Yeah. That that does, that will probably change down so the road I, still. I, but I think some of this stems from that being allowed. Yeah. Now. Correct. Moving on to the rest of his question is is can we run a few scenarios? Um, and you said you had you both kind of had some uh, strings of thoughts. Do you want to go first, Dan? Well, when not when necessarily scenarios in mind, one way you get around this is like have the DM introduce a drill sergeant character, if you will, <laughs> like, an, like another NPC who joins up with the party for a little bit, and mm. even Paul says, "What are you idiots doing? Why aren't you doing this, 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 or this? <laughs> are you trying to get yourself skilled?" <laughs> Right, okay, I can right. see that. What about you, Austin? So, the, the that's this, one pop solution. No, for right. sure. Yeah. Uh, so to clear out the the whole room by room thing, right? You, I think ideally you would want your rogue to kind of just solo out first, just to kind of be like, hey, so I came back. I'm not dead. That's a plus. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't check for traps. Don't know how that didn't uh go bad. Or maybe uh, you did. Or maybe no. I I know I wouldn't. Well, know. either either way though. Yeah. Um, I, the idea is the that there is some form of thought that you guys know, and the rogue can relay, of course, that any of that information, which obviously your players have already heard, and but. that could come in good handy because if the rogue scouts and the DM then hopefully feeds you some information, hey, uh, you spot two orcs, uh, mm-hmm. one with a, a great axe and another one with a mage staff. Um, yeah. Now the party has an idea what to expect and can now say, well. Uh, the fighter can be like, well, I can take out the, the orc with the the uh, the great sword and draw its attention while you... Or, like, hold it down even, yeah, like, or, grapple or it. While you, Mr. Rogue, swoop in and take out the caster because that'll likely be our greatest threat. <laughs> yeah, that'll know? likely yeah. be the one to shoot us down. Hey, range guys, stand in the back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that's a big one, too. <laughs> well, and you can go even beyond that. Uh, knowing that information, knowing you got a caster in the group... Could the the wizard? Let's. I'm gonna say it's a wizard for the, in this instance. Uh, okay. Well, I know there's a caster. I should. I'm gonna ready a counterspell in mm-hmm. case he goes first. Yeah, for sure. I mean, although, that would. Although counterspell's a reaction, so. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess it is. But <laughs> I'm gonna be ready to use counterspell, or maybe I could specifically say, "Hey, I'm planning on counterspelling." And I think as a DM, I always open up with the biggest attack that a, a like a like a spell in this case. Let's say it's fireball. And if they counterspell, I would make a big deal about that because they just planned it out. Mm-hmm. So that fireball le- loose from his uh, hands, it streaks across the air, and then the the wizard jumps out front and creates a big orb of water, and it absorbs the fireball and then sucks it into you know blows it up into steam mm-hmm. because they took time to kind of prepare. You want to kind of reward that preparedness. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. Although I suppose you could ready dispel magic. <laughs> Good. Ooh, that's a good one. That'd be good, especially if they got any words or anything up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Especially if the rogue potentially missed anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also mentions having a cleric. I think it depends on the type of cleric. But yeah, because that, that is pretty heavily <laughs> dependent. Yeah. Because I think you can make a very strong argument that the clerics are potentially most very class because there's so many ways you can build them. Like yeah. I've seen melee clerics and this legitimate playstyle. I've seen buff clerics. Debuff clerics, yeah. healing clerics, so clerics that just use attack magic all the time and that works just fine. <laughs> For this situation, let's say it's a light cleric. Yeah, we know the light cleric specializes in what blinding enemies, so they can't they get disadvantage yeah. on attacks. So maybe that cleric runs in with the fighter alongside yeah. him and tries to blind the thing he's fighting. Yeah, giving the fighter a very heavy advantage against. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that he has advantage, yeah. but he has a heavier advantage against that thing that he's fighting. Right. Although I'm not gonna lie, my clerk. My late domain cleric specialized in wearing full plate and casting fireball. <laughs> and you know what? 
That's okay. <laughs> yes. And it works. It works great. It <laughs> he works. walks in, prepared to get lit up. <laughs> um, now, interestingly uh, enough, the, the how to deal with a swarm in an open field. So, yeah. That, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's tough, for <laughs> one. Everyone hide behind the fighter. <laughs> Area attacks. That's definitely what the uh, caster would do. Potentially the cleric. Fighter definitely in the front. If you, if and if it's really that dire, like I mean, run away. There, there's always. I mean, that I'm assuming in this case. And I'm assuming in this case, are I'm assuming in this case they're surrounded. So the the whole like I have to like fight my way through might be having to beat a thing. But I also want to just say like. If you have a caster, chances are they probably have like dimension door or something, mm-hmm. something to get you guys the fuck out. <laughs> um, another uh, another option if you're fighting a swarm, let's say, well, let's assume it's like a swarm of birds or something. Um, you readied actions can make all the difference. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. If you ready an action till the swarm gets within range, and the whole party does that, it's very possible you'll kill the swarm before it even becomes a problem. Right. I've actually, I think a lot of these issues can be mitigated with one simple thing. Talk with each other. Ask, what can your character do? How can my abilities complement your abilities? Yeah. yeah. And I th- think because he says they're mostly new, that's probably something they just haven't developed yet right. or got comfortable with. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say about the open field, do whatever you can to make it not open. There's abilities like Shape Earth that could give you cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would illusions, like minor illusion, can give the illusion of a wall. You know, cr- creatures don't know most of the time. They're not going to try to fly face first into a wall, even if it's illusion so that you can utilize that as a way to kind of give yourself cover uh, in a way or create a small cave or something like that so you can at least funnel them in to where you're at. Or create some difficult terrain and he says you could control the battlefield to funnel them in a certain direction. Well, right. don't, I, I, in my mind, a swarm is fa- flying, but I guess right. that's not necessarily true. A swarm of rats doesn't fly, so no. good point. Yeah. Yeah. I envision swarm as like bees or birds or something. Yep. But uh, I guess this also kind of segues right into the how to break through a horde with mm-hmm. your backs to a cliff. Yep. Um, if your backs are to a cliff, how did you get there to begin with? Tie no. a rope. I'm jumping. <laughs> y- you know what? That's actually pretty. Uh, Says dropping hook guy. Yeah, that's yeah, actually I mean, a pretty good idea. I'm just gonna yeah. get the fuck out. I'm sorry. Yep. So there was uh, uh, or like hide if because like you know you have rations right. Yep. So I mean you you can definitely you live wait out stuff. Yeah, a few a few days and they will get bored or hungry or leave. It depends how prepared the enemy is for a siege though. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, if there's only going to be four dudes, I want to assume they're not going to be there for four guys for very long. Well, it says, well, it depends on what the guys are. I mean, in this case, adventurers, the valuable value. Um, But I definitely see the, the value in that. Yep. And I suppose something that might be good too, though, is like, um, don't get mad at players for a king. They're playing their characters as designed. That's true. Like, for Big example, like, barbarians gonna charge in. Well, that and like I like play with a group where like the players like man, he's not being a team player. He's always far away from the group. He's not joint, moving with us as a unit. I'm like, I'm a archer ranger. That's my thing. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of how I roll. Yeah, that's kind. Of, your your job is to kind of sit in the back and provide that that cover fire. It's like, why are you surprised by this? <laughs> So, what I do think about this, so we've talked about avoiding it, right? Just going off the cliff. Mm -hmm. Um, You could even lure them off the cliff with you. Um, Grapple some and take them with you. Um, I think this is actually a very difficult situation to get out of in general. Mm -hmm. Especially if you define Horde like I do, which is more NPCs than you can deal with. Now, the other thing is is that... The issue is, is that when you're in 
this kind of backs to the cliff. You know, there's a, you're surrounded by numerous enemies. The only issue is that you have a fighter and a rogue. They're not really designed to fight these like group tactics. You know no. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, fighter maybe if they had like some uh, some like some form of like cleaving effect on them. So if they taken like some some yeah. feats in, but like rogue doesn't have a lot to work with. Cleric is a still a big maybe, and your caster is. Hope you got spell slots because you're going to be using a lot of them. <laughs> like that, that's that's the reality of it. There's really no way around yeah. it. Um, what I can think of is if your cleric's willing to do whatever is necessary to protect you guys while you flee and <laughs> go down in a blaze of glory, maybe. Because um, this this really is a hard thing. Unless they're weaker enemies, then maybe right. you can get a wizard with fireball to create an opening. But That's what I was thinking. There too. are spells and stuff that could help with this, like tsunami. Probably you can push a tsunami and create a, a path, or have a um, have a, a dragonborn or a, a, some sort of you know breath attack that you know release like lightning bolt maybe too that releases in a straight line and try to use that, but. You're gonna still run, be running right through those bastards, so that's yeah. definitely a hard situation. I would say in a situation like that, I wouldn't try to break through the group. Ooh, actually, spike growth would probably be a good one. <clears throat> yep. I actually just thought of something, uh, and that really it still kind of depends on your DM too. Don't get me wrong, but um, if you like, because it also depends where you're at, yeah, of course. Um, but I'm assuming if this cliff is like, you know, if you have any sort of like. Any sort of like uh, grass or trees or anything, just start a fire. Yep. Just yeah. start a fire and just fight and like hope hope that the smoke will eventually envelop everything and that'll give you enough time to maybe like slip past everybody. Yeah. Or the fog spell. Yeah. That would, fog I think, spell. I think that would be a good one. If yeah. he yeah. if they did that as a plan and a tactic, I would I would honestly probably use the mechanics of the fog spell. Well, and here's the thing too, to right? That. Because if there's if there's like an army, like a legitimate sizable troop who is actively trying to find you. So like we're talking dozens of people. It's going to be really hard to find four people in those dozens of people That's when true. they're all looking around searching for these people. So that actually brings up another question. Deception illusion, like you guys did in the Descent into Avernus. Oh. Uh, all, stuff like alter self or disguise <laughs> kits. That um, actually even brings up another thing on top of that after that? you're done. Is that oh, what if they uh what if they took like a couple of the guards down, say it's like say it's like a bunch of guards from like they've the rogue <laughs> pilfered something he really shouldn't have. Yeah, now the guards are all Now they're down. all guards, right? Well if you just take a couple of their uniforms, how in earth are they gonna recognize you? That's true. That's another See, thing. That's an advanced planning thing, right? Yeah, yeah. that is a tactic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean for that matter what the cliff thing made me think of was, even though it's not one of the classes that specified, and to be fair, up front this is how I designed this character, but it made me think of when we did like that uh, one Bell Royale with that other group. Oh yeah, can you go into more detail? Yeah, can you expand a little bit more? Because I'm not sure. Yeah, I ran the barbarian. You ran the uh, spellcaster, and you ran the rogue. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Yeah, and uh, how? Okay, but how does this apply to the situation? Yeah. I'm confused. Well, the fact that they're on the edge of a cliff, like um, as you recall, in the ring we were fighting in Helov Drop Off Two. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. And there was one point where, like, one of the uh, other players that we were playing against, he's like, come on, hit me! I'm a 19 defense! And I'm like, yeah, my barbarian mocked your defense and raging grapples you. 
with advantage. That's true. I do remember um, that. And then threw him off the cliff. So exactly. I think those are some pretty good details. The beverage tea. I hope that helps. Uh, we do have a question from the Bozette in okay. chat that says, so most campaigns I've played uh, have start at level one rather than three, which is generally actually you're supposed to start at level one, not level three, just everyone decided to start at level three. Because they want, uh, I'm, cause they want yeah. archetypes. I'm <laughs> currently, yeah, I'm currently playing a level three Beastmaster shifter um, and a level two Leonin fighter uh, planning on samurai archetype. Do you have any tips? Um, so the Beastmaster is not made for DPS. And pe- it is utility. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of utility. And a lot of people fail to understand that. Let's be yeah, real here. Let, <laughs> let's be honest. So as a Beastmaster, we actually have an episode where I talked all about the the quite the long rant of the merits of the Beastmaster. Um, so I don't want to go into that right here. But I will say that using spells like Barkskin to buff your companion, giving yourself dual wielding and with a wolf that has, you know, can grant, can grant that advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, um, that's a use, big part of it. Yeah, using your, advantage. using your, your pet, your pet to, to, uh, um, use the assist action. Yes. The, use the help action to aid your allies. Cause you can, if you're a ranger, you can hide in a corner and have him just take the help action, making the rogue, have a significantly higher chance of triggering their sneak attack or um, the barbarian with his, you know, ex- or savage criticals or like yeah. improved criticals. Yep. Yeah. Um, that, As for the samurai or oh, sorry, was there more for you? Uh, the last thing I want to talk about the, the beast master, um, whatever you do, remember the utility spells that you get like bark skin. Yep. Um, and what's the, what's the, 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 the endurance gives you endurance and shit. It's the, it's the, Oh, um, it grants a bunch of different buffs depending on like the the style. One's the bear, and you gain yeah, temporary yeah, hit points, like improvability or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, all yeah, those like can that. be applied to your pet. Um, so definitely uh, try to remember those things. It's so easy to forget that. Enhanceability, enhanceability. Yep. Um, and that's something that people forget. I think mage armor. Does mage armor apply? I think mage armor would apply too. To well, a uh, pet, to a uh, to a pet. Well, I thought Major Armor was cast on self. I no, thought Major Armor was cast self too. It's not cast oh. on touch. Um, as far as the Leonin uh, samurai archetype, I have not personally played the samurai. I have. Okay, so why don't you take um, the lead on that? So the samurai, I think Rangers don't get Major Armor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, no, they don't. But your allies might have it. Is what I'm saying. Um. So as for the samurai, um, you. You would think that your fighting spirit, uh, which is your main class ability, uh, or subclass ability, I guess I should say, uh, which grants you, I believe it gives you advantage on your next on your next attack, or maybe it's does for you. Does it consume your bonus? It does consume your bonus, and it does have, give you temporary HP book. as well. You would think you would want to use that defensively, but pretty much you just want to just go straight to the high priority target and just get rid of them, yeah. as far as I'm aware. I mean, because of your insane survivability from all the temporary HP you get and just uh, being able to have these improved um, chances to get, one, you're probably more likely to get crits anyway because you're getting advantage on all of your stuff. That's true. And you're uh, you're already just, um, like, you, you, you can dish out very consistent damage and you can, you, you hold yourself very well in terms of, like, what you're fighting against. Mm-hmm. It's just... Is it just on one the first strike, or is it on your... Oh, all weapon attack rolls. So, yeah, it's just very powerful. So, to me, 
That tells me that I would want to be a dual wielder. And t- t- well, well, you can't because you can't. Bonus it can, it takes your bonus to action to trigger the fighting spirit. Oh well, that you don't want to be a dual sucks. wielder. Yeah, right. You want to be a two hander. I got you. I got you. And it's, and it's only till the end of your turn. And it is to the end of your turn, but yeah. you keep the temporary hit points. Yes, yeah. which is a huge. That's, that's huge. It's a very Advantage solid on ability. All weapon attacks. Like I remember when I took great weapon fighting as a feat, and I combined it with fighting spirit. That's probably a good combination. And I'm like, yeah, I get minus five to all my attacks, but I'm hitting them with advantage. So exactly. I so don't that's give a straight a... 10, 10 damage bonus, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, that's almost the full damage of a normal weapon strike at max damage, which is like, exactly, I think that has D12, yeah. right? Wow. Yep. You could also take the uh, Savage. Is Savage critical a feat? That, uh, is that actual no, feat? Or is that I, that's just, a barbarian. That's a bar, no, is that's it? the uh, the Savage critical is the racial. Isn't that a racial for the Savage I, attack? I know. Is a racial for the half orc? No, no, it's no, for no, half orcs too. Savage attack is the class ability for the barbarian. No, wait, no, I think reckless. So I'm thinking, thinking reckless. The, Savage attack, I think, is the the. Yeah. The whole the, point is that you would get the 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 stronger crit damage, but there's you, options. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, and I don't know enough there's about options. the uh, the Leonin's race traits. No, I'm not familiar. Yeah, I have the book. They're buff tabaxi. Yeah, they're, they're just a buff tabaxi. tabaxi. What was wrong with tabaxi already? It was already buffed. Well, no, no as in like they're literally, de- they're, they're dex based, not whereas the Lonian are more strength based. Ah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, um, all right, uh, they're like lions. That's the short of version of that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because it's in my uh, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, I think. Mm-hmm. No, it's in the um, Greek one. It's oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, it is. It is yeah. in the the newest one, or not the See, newest one. Anyways, yeah. doesn't matter. So that'll do it for our let's talk about blank. That was way longer than I wanted it to be. I do want to have like mention one more thing. I did mention you could also potentially the show correct tactics to put in a drill sergeant, but you also could, as NPCs throw in an allied party that's there are more veterans. They're doing their own thing in the background, and, and then kind of sh- show them using tactics. <laughs> yep. Show lead by example. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. I can I can agree with that. All right, that'll do it for our let's talk about blank segment. Before we move on to our main topic, we have a gift to give away. Compliments of Loresmith. Yeah, thank you, Loresmith. As always, uh, we have the Arcania modular dungeon tiles. Now, the modular dungeon tiles are an easy way to create your own beautiful digital maps. The Arcania set, in specific, lets you make dark, shadowy dungeon maps rich with the fumes of arcane secrets. On one hand, you're probably going to find a horde, and you don't want to find that horde. (laughs) On the other hand, you might find the adventurers who were thinking about thinking about that horde, but then they realize that's a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Or you were expecting a horde, but the horde ends up being a race of creatures and being way bigger than what you thought it was going to (laughs) be. It's like some super aliens. I just think about one time, like, I'm just an ambitious group of kobolds. <laughs> oh, crap. There was a man. Those are way bigger. <laughs> I love that. Um, who's our winner today, Ian? Our winner today is Justin Jennings. If you enjoy the product, please let Laura Smith know. Pick up, maybe check out some of his other fat loots. Got all kinds of good stuff. If you didn't win, have no fear. Crit Academy's here. Head on over to CritAcademy.com slash Smith and get a free set of digital terrain and so much more. We've Woo. got it all. We try to have it all anyway. So, our main topic today. Challenge, Challenge accepted. accepted. So, if you've already picked up uh, our first one. Don't worry about it. What we're going to be talking about is some of the new stuff, and we wanted to give you something to uh, really uh, um, take home with you tonight. So I'm going to go yeah. ahead and share the link to our show notes that has some of the stuff we're discussing today in it. Um, you can find it over at criticademy.com slash post slash episode 189. 
so D&D is a game that consists of multiple tier pillars of play. You got combat, you got role play, you got exploration. Um, Challenge Accepted is an adaptation of um, that's designed to help enhance those various challenges in a controlled and structured format called Skill Challenges. Now, we've talked about Skill Challenges before. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, in many scenarios, our heroes will find themselves in encounters and social situations that revolve entirely around their skills and not their not, combat not capabilities. Not how buff they are. Right. <laughs> um, which some people build their characters entirely around these sorts of concepts. So these really allow for great um, uh, opportunities for those characters to shine, whether it's lore-based or uh, exploration-based It really kind of makes those uh, those like passive skills that like the bard and the rogue yes. get, like expertise yeah. or uh, jack-of-all-trades, mm-hmm. stuff like that really kind of emphasizes that they can really do a lot more. And some than... of the feats, too. Like, there's a feat that lets you have multiple languages, I think. Mm-hmm. Stuff yeah. like that. This skill challenges are designed to kind of add a level of complexity um, to those sorts of situations, but also add and allow them the opportunity to include strategy and even enhance combat encounters in some situations. Mm-hmm. Um, now, our supplements both contain pre-designed skill challenges that you can fit basically into any com- campaign. Yep. Um, they're not, by any stretch of the imagination, limited to a specific setting. Some of the stuff make mentions of those things. Uh, like, they're obviously designed for fantasy, but you can reflavor some of the stuff mm-hmm. and change it. Like uh, in the There was one that was in like a throne room, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so yeah. maybe it becomes a command center on a spaceship. I was just going to say that too yeah it's just thinking like you're at a command center like at a cockpit and you're just seeing them veer off into you need to see them so we kind of talked a little bit uh uh, about what the product contains but you know we talked a little bit about what skill challenges are um the one thing that's important to remember while this gives you uh, a guy a walking guide of how to do this Mm -hmm. it's important to remember that skills are malleable especially in fifth edition more than anything in the handbook i think it does tell the dm that hey if they use a skill that makes sense, allow them to use that skill instead. Like, for instance, um, I think the, the the example they use is charisma is an is intimidation is a charisma check. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you can easily smash a desk and now it's a strength, it's a strength check. check. Yeah. Yep. Um, so if that's... you can just rip a door off its hinges, I'm pretty sure that's scary, too. Yeah, right. I mean, like a barbarian <laughs> may have taken the charisma of his dump stat, but... Are you going to really argue the beefcake? <laughs> I mean, beefcake. Yeah. Think about it. it. This man can just lift a table off the ground and throw it through a wall. I'm going to probably uh, be a little scared of this guy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right? Um, so it is important that if a player does offer a reasonable explanation of how a skill, spell, or other feature they have would be used in, a, in an area that's not listed, it doesn't mean they can't do it. We just can't list every single possible combination of solutions. Uh, We give some recommendations. Here's what you can expect. um, And you can go off that. Now, once again, even when I run these, the players always come up with weird ass shit. Like climbing up the side of a sticky ass, essentially giant hell beehive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i can't believe that didn't see that as... coming at all so that i didn't either i just didn't want to go inside thing. the damn thing i was, I was like i want to get out of there not in there of course as a legacy characters you didn't expect us to walk directly into the ship either in plain sight <laughs> no i didn't <laughs> um, no, but that that was probably our boldest play we have ever done by far that was so yeah. stupid of us it but worked. i can't believe it <laughs> fucking worked <laughs> All right, so <laughs> skill challenges. Uh, in each challenge, the goal is to uh, for the group as a whole 
to gain a certain number of successes that are needed before a certain number of failures. Now, to make it easy, all the failures are value is three, but as a DM, you can change it and make it bigger. And it can take place over days, weeks, months. As a DM, you can make those decisions and just keep mm-hmm. track of it. Um, that's important to remember because I want you to know how flexible these uh, encounters and tools are. That's really important. For sure. While we give you uh, an outline, basically, and the, everything you need to succeed, it's more than that. You can make it your own. You can make it your table's own. Now, what we do, once we set up the encounter, there are three outcomes. You have total success when the players roll and get all the successes they need without a single failure. It means they nailed it perfectly. When they're, you know, creeping through an entire, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, noble's house and successfully make that save as they're falling off of a, a slip off of an edge or they're cre- you know creaking or, or stepping around to avoid you know guards and watching for them and they don't fail at all total success comes with almost no detriment yeah there's really no penalty to a, a total success because you really want to reward those those roles honestly it's right. not just the players just the roles that you all achieved right uh the next one is a success you ex- you succeeded but something else happened so usually there's some sort of um probably a favor if in most social situations it's maybe. usually something not it's not that's usually actually something bad in the in the very in the sample one that's in the book that's actually what happens total success the per- the noble agrees with you and offers you uh the templars mm-hmm. and with no cost but if you succeed it requires you to do her a favor yeah. Now, if you fail, uh, you're in some deep shit. A, she doesn't want to help you, and you're on your own, which makes the challenge more difficult in some way. The, the yeah. next encounter is more difficult in some way, shape, or form. Like, I remember, like, one example, too, is, like, in one of the ones I picked out, like, the general setting of it was the players were trying to escape town, but mm-hmm. the city was on high alert to look for said players, mm-hmm. and the gates were locked down. And total success is... The players managed to lay low. They might necessarily get out of town, but the town might think that they got away, and therefore they're not high alert anymore. Yep. Or B, the players have a capture. This is the partial success, but the but they're still suspected to be in town, so they still need to lay low. Or the total failure, they're caught. Yep. And that in that in that situation, those three outcomes make sense. No, they do for sure. So, and actually, uh, do we want to talk about that one in a little more detail? Is that the one you picked? Yeah. So why don't we? Because uh, I've only got the one in here. I don't know if right. you pasted the other ones in here. You didn't. So why don't we uh, open up our our mag our book here? Mm-hmm. Which one is uh, which, that one? Which no one was? The, uh, it? I'm trying to remember which called. one. It's called uh, uh, Going Underground. Going Underground. Page twenty. Yeah, the one that I chose was the uh, King's Vizier. Right. That one was really interesting we'll talk, to me. We'll talk about the, uh, both those. Uh, so in this one, do you, uh, Ian, do you want to take the lead about what this is? First of all, what do you guys think about the art? I didn't. This is the first one I didn't actually. I didn't do the layout. Uh, Alan Tucker did the layout, so thank you yeah, for that. Interesting. I didn't know. I that. think it was Alan Tucker. Right. I probably should double check that. All right. The pitch is: your pursuers fill the city. Escaping is going to be no easy task. Yes. What What do you do? Who do you trust? Is escape even possible? Primary exit points are in lockdown, and centuries fill every alley and street. <clears throat> Ooh, so that so that's the flavor text, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Well, and and even like in the setup, they did say like there's a couple of reasons why this might be happening. Like mm-hmm. the characters may have run afoul of a noble or a merchant house in a major city. They could have pissed off an assassin's guild, guards, mm-hmm. or some other group in authority. And while the characters are tough, they can't take on the full force of, of the group that they're against. Well, Hence we were why just talking right about yeah, I like how that fits just, in. Uh, referring to. And so, like, the, the gates may be locked down, walls under watch, so they need to lay low until 
it all blows over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is really cool because it gives you a collection of reasons this might be happening. That's important because that means it's not just you're not just stuck in the one thing, but you can utilize the same strategy across multiple um, encounters or or cities or however you want to want to handle it. For sure. And during this. And during this challenge, each player make, makes like a one check per hour, mm-hmm. and this can trigger a lot of things. Like, here's an area with the locals, then moving through the city, going through allies, setting up false trails, trying to stay one step ahead, so mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So lo- lots of good options of why. So I mentioned earlier about malleable time frames. In this case, I chose an hour, but mm-hmm. it easily could be something that they're on high alert for days. Oh yeah, for sure. So I now mean... you're consuming like ration resources, and they got to look for help and stuff. So. You can extend like that places as long to as you stay, are. or yeah, yeah. Likewise, you can shorten it if you really wanted. I mean, for something like this, I probably wouldn't, but you really could. You yeah. could, yeah. You could. Uh, I like how it says before running this challenge, create a couple of hard combat encounters. Mm-hmm. This represents the enemy closing in during failed checks. I do like that. Oh yeah, I like the little like, hey, um, so they should be in pain uh, before <laughs> they get here because uh, it'd be really weird otherwise. Right. Uh, what else you got, Ian? All right. And there's a lot of like, uh, skill checks that players can use to go through this. And there are occasionally some other factors can, that can influence it. Like, first off, players can... The primary skills you'll be using are acrobatics, athletics, deception, intimidation, persuasion, or stealth. Or in some cases, maybe other skills that players might be able to argue or leverage some, right. some and, cases. Right, and once again, we addressed that in the yep. beginning. These I are could, just what's likely to come up. I was going to say, the first thing that I kind of thought of was I could imagine survival as like setting like... Like a trap, like a quick way to kind of like throw some stuff down in the way. Yep. That's really awesome. Is that one that's on there? I didn't know. It's not, nope. but if, you know, anybody would have helped me read it, it probably could have been because <laughs> that's, that's really awesome and I didn't yeah. think about it. No, but again, that's just one of those things like you don't, and survival is such an underused skill anyway. Yes. No one ever thinks about it and yes. that's okay. Because most people probably use perception half the time instead anyway. Yeah. So I actively tried to use every single skill when I designed it. It's hard. It, on, yeah. Like there are a lot of skills that it's just like they're so niche. So that you don't wanna... and different skills on top of that have varying DC depending on which one you choose right. for one reason or another. So this one um, requires eight successes before three failures. What? So we don't have to go through all these. So why mm-hmm. don't uh, we each just pick one of the 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 skills that it provides and what it talks about? Ian, do you want to go first? And... Like uh, one I'm going to pick out first is persuasion, which has a moderate DC. Now the reason why I picked this one out is because the the flavor for this one is the the characters convince a local citizen to hide the party and fake ignorance of the character's passage, offer directions to a safe location, or help some other way. Now the reason why I picked this as a nexus is a character with a folk hero or similar background automatically succeeds on this check. That is awesome. Do you know what that means? It in- found it includes an aspect of their character at creation and it rewards it. Yep. That is so cool. <laughs> I know. I'm that awesome. Is, that is, that's a real <laughs> nice touch. I really like that. That is, that's yep. some smart. Choice. Cause like full okay. hero isn't one that's chosen very often. Right. And it's for this specific sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I could, now that doesn't mean you can keep using this one over and over again. And now I succeed eight times, but <laughs> yeah. So on the previous book, I actually said I had limiters yeah. On some mm-hmm. of the stuff, I decided that so like a DM can it can make that decision. Yeah. 
I for mean, sure. Come on, you don't need me to tell you that. Well, I'm just gonna keep hiding in this person's house. Well, they're gonna be checking on the houses all the time. Yeah, they're know. gonna. Um, <laughs> God, who's in their assholes? I was gonna say, do you really want to rely on a civilian to try and talk out the guards? Because I'm gonna tell you what, uh, I'd rather my buddy Eventually, the rogue. Eventually, not gonna work. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. So, what about you? Uh, uh, that was a good good choice, by the way. Yep. I actually want to talk about the stealth one because I actually do agree that it should be very hard to stealth from an entire group of yes. like city guards to get after you. So, so it's a very hard DC. Uh, the character creates a distraction or leads the party past pursuing patrols or through an open area without attracting attention. Uh, what's interesting is a success grants you two successes. It's also very worth... hard. Yep, it does say very hard DC. It so. does say very hard DC. But uh, what happens on a failure? Uh, the failure is a little rough because uh, I imagine a lot of people are going to think this in me, like, "Oh, why don't oh, you yeah, stealth get past the guards?" Yeah. Uh, failure is the characters are spotted and quickly surrounded and are forced into a hard combat encounter, which goes back to the, the whole setup that said, yeah that says, "Hey, make a hard encounter, make it hard." <laughs> Um, so this is actually a really good one because really in normal situations, this is the default go-to. Yes. But you pointed out in a city f- searching for you. There's no way you're going to hide from all of them. You need, that's you need so other hard. tools in your tool belt besides exactly. the traditional stealth. Now your rogue might be able to do it because your rogue is kind of probably used to this. <laughs> that's kind of their thing. But, <laughs> but if your cleric the or your, your fighters who are more strength or intelligence based, they're not going to... Now, it doesn't say it here, but earlier in the rulings, it does talk about group checks, um, and that's where the the whole party, you know, checks. In this case, mm-hmm. stealth is the one that I think comes up in the example, is that usually you need to at least have half the group. With a very hard DC, that's, that's highly unlikely. It's not now, if you're, realistic. Druid has passed without a trace, it's far more likely. Oh yeah, for sure. Or if they turn to an owl. <laughs> But the the owl doesn't give everyone else advantage, does it? No, but they're not going to be spotted. It's not advantage, <laughs> but it's plus nope. 10, and that's kind that's of insane. Huge. Yeah, that's what I meant. It was the bonus. Anyways, yeah. so it may as well really, be that's advantage. That's a really good one. So, um, one of the other ones that I wanted to... Uh, we'll, we'll do, is there an easy easy DC in here uh, anywhere? That was the... Uh, the pers- oh, perception. Okay. So, Interesting. Um, some of the... Uh, D, the skills are different different now you hear us talking easy hard moderate um those difficulty dcs because you can change them depending on the level of your group mm-hmm. or yeah. the the size of the city or whatever it is the situation they're in these are recommended again it's kind of like a guideline yeah. it really is um so actually perception which is the most used bar none in my opinion perception is the most used skill so yeah, in this you, one you need to perceive everything yeah it the character sense. spots a patrol identifies a potential informant or finds a good place to hide from pursuers for a brief period this skill can only be used once once because it's easy because it's an easy dc can be only used to gain one success yes what did i say can only well, be used once yeah it can only be used once to gain one success in this challenge so um so that means if they failed it well one shame on them uh <laughs> all right because it's easy it's like a five i think i think it's literally five yeah uh and uh two um well at least you get a second try if you really <laughs> fudged it that hard well i guess it doesn't have to be five it could be like a seven or an eight if you yeah really wanted. but i, I mean it's on your character's level yeah yeah so uh anyways so i want to talk that there is differing uh targets to hit but there are limitations that come with them yeah uh which one did you want to talk about uh austin Do you remember what it's called the, it should be on page 22 i believe like oh, i think it's called it king's vizier one. yep i think that's the one yep oh, yeah. it was this one uh so i really like this one because i always like the uh uh, when it comes to skill challenges, I do like the uh, the social, like trying to 
persuade or that that sort of thing to get into right, right. where they need to go. Um, so the massive ornate double doors close behind you with a resounding boom. The long grand hall, normally full of the court, uh, king's court, is all but empty, including the throne. A jackal-headed being in fine robes stands alongside the throne, uh, so, which is already really cool because I love big ornate hallways and stuff. I think that's mm-hmm. fun. Uh, so the setup is that the characters are seeking an audience with a noble king or queen in hopes to kind of get assistance for the quest that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the vizier is an asshole uh, <laughs> and doesn't like you. <laughs> uh, and they've advised the king and queen's uh, predecessors for decades and considers the characters rivals for power, which may not be totally false, uh, depending on your group. It doesn't want the characters anywhere near the king or queen where they can be influenced by them. They must convince the Arkanaloth that they aren't a threat and to allow them to access to the king or queen. Just so we're clear, the vizier is an Arkanaloth. <laughs> oh, Arkanaloth? I did not know yeah, that. It, well, it says that the vizier is an ancient Arkanaloth. Well, I know it's an... I didn't know the pronunciation. Oh, wait, wait, wait a a-hole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the asshole that the guy's trying to look at. I gotcha, yeah. I gotcha. Uh, this works best when performed uh, as a group checks, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, so it's this one isn't actually as complex. You only need six successes before three failures. Uh, but of course, this is a, these are group checks, um, mm-hmm. which kind of adds to the to the fear difficulty. Because right? <laughs> all you need is that one barbarian to say something stupid. <laughs> yeah, to open his big mouth. Uh, and fun, uh, which I really enjoyed by this one, was uh, deception was the very hard one. You can't lie to this guy because he's used to you, and I, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But if I was playing my rogue, I would immediately try to lie to him. <laughs> That's the thing. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. It just means if you fail, you get... And there's a failure. <laughs> a failure, and that means you won't get whatever it is you're seeking. In this case, you're seeking, what, an audience with a noble the king or queen? An audience with a king to get help. And lying is generally not the best way to do that, <laughs> yeah. right? Not not generally, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, do you want me to read the yeah. deception one first? Okay. Because I think it's important just so they know how the, the text is yeah, How it kind of works, yeah. yeah. So it says, deception, it's a very hard DC. The characters downplay their power, abilities, and ambitions. Uh, they attempt to convince the Arcanaloth to see them as less of a threat through lies and half-truths. Now, I feel like it's important to point this out. Some people will say you're pulling away agency by using these. These are actually designed that when the, once the player... You get players that say, oh, I just want to do this check. It gives you something to say when they yeah. do that. Because there's times when I'm trying to lie and I'm like, I don't know how to... Can lie my through, but then right here this. is a great example. Exactly, it says you talk a lot of shit about your your great power and your ambitions, you know, mm-hmm. and try to lie about it. Like I remember, like one game I played a long time ago where we were trying to, to like role play a a party, and we were from like the, the main noble. And I'm like, my bard says something clever and witty to make the guy laugh. I can't think of anything on top of my head, so I'll just roll diplomacy. Right, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and that's. <laughs> Perfectly great. And the DM's like, that's a good one! Yeah, and... It, <laughs> I like it! And this... That's it, hilarious! And this is, uh, uh, this is just recommendations of how to deliver on that. Right. That's it. I know somebody in one of the um, initial playtest groups says, well, you're taking away my agency. Well, that depends on how the DM runs it. For if sure. If you just say, I want to make an in- I want to make a deception check, okay, well then, if you don't tell me what you're doing, I'm going to feed you what you're doing. Right. Otherwise, you tell me what you're doing. So... 
Um, I also like how the failure is imposed disadvantage on any further deception checks. So once they realize you're lying, okay. probably you're uh, less likely to succeed. Yeah. Or in some cases, like maybe like uh, the player says what they're going to say. Maybe they roleplay hardcore and they do it so well that the DM might offer them advantage. Mm-hmm. That's good. Which I also like that. works. And that's that's totally at the whims of the dungeon master. Yep. Yes. Is there any other one here that was interesting? I don't know if you've read any of them, but that was like the big one for me, just because it made sense. Because it was just like, this guy, again, the guy has probably seen so many people who want to try and seek audience with the king mm-hmm. and queen that, like, he's going to look at you and be like, uh-huh. Right. Well, uh-huh. and it's funny to talk about. So, uh, one that doesn't get pulled up a lot is history, right? So yeah, history. history is on here as a hard DC, and the characters discuss historical tales and myths about the advisors, both traitorous and honorable, uh, who have prevented their lieges from learning of bad news or from learning news of their realm's issues, and who have suffered disastrous repercussions due to their actions. So, that's something that's put in there for you to feed to them if you decide to do a history check. Hmm. What happens if they fail the history check? Uh, looks like the Arcanaloth uses his knowledge to poke holes in the character stories or declares that they are false. Fake uh, news. <laughs> yeah, it's fake news. Most disadvantage on the next history or persuasion check. Ooh, you got hit on the persuasion. So something that doesn't get used often is history. Um, and because of that, I felt it needed really something thorough. Well, how are you going to leverage, leverage history in this situation? Well, if you know the history of the area, the mm-hmm. character might, hey, I grew up here. I know all about the history. I'm going to use that to, to talk his ego up or, or right. whatever. Kind of get to closer to yeah. him. The one I kind of liked was Investigation, which was a moderate DC, where the characters repeat rumors or whispers of ambition among other royal advisors, like nobles, or high-profile merchants. Which, which is... Well, I saw, like, you're worried about us? What about this, 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 and this guy? We're trying to help. This is what we're trying to tell your king. It's a good right. one. I like that. And it may, again, it's another one of those things where it's like, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, your characters, I'm just, I'm hoping as they're walking around, they're probably going to pick up on a few things about what's going on, and they're going to use it to their advantage, at least. I would hope. But depends, yeah. depends on the group. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> we, we mentioned the different uh, ways to succeed. So a total success, if they just fly through a perfect uh, score, the Arcanaloth allows the characters to remain and gain an audience with the king or queen. That's it. You get exactly what you want. Woo! But what if you succeed with a few? Eh, he's got his doubts. The Arcanaloth allows the characters to remain and gain an audience with the king or queen. But this requires that the Arcanaloth bring them evidence of their royal... To, uh, Bring them evidence uh, to their royal advisors how powerful powerful nobles or somebody else that is threatening its position. So you have to go out and do me a favor. Yep. It's the, it's the favor thing. Yep. You do me an, a, a favor and find out somebody who's trying to backstab me because Ian yep. just mentioned it. There's yep. all kinds of <laughs> that person's trying to kill that person or get up in on this person and take that person so we can get his seat. Um, he says, I'll let you in, but you got to go do something for me. This is when like the main cast sits uh and has the audience of the king because that's kind of what they're meant to do and the rogue is going out and being like hey i'm just gonna go do this thing where i'm gonna steal this letter so that way we know what's going on thanks and then he dips Uh, all right, and then, of course, on a failure, the Arcanaloth uh, allows the characters to remain and gain an audience with the king or queen, but first meets with the king or queen, advising that they not trust the characters, impose disadvantage on all skill checks involved in pleading for the king or queen's help. Fine, you can see them, but I'm watching you. <laughs> see, and I like this failure because it's not an outright no. Right. You are at least giving... I try to avoid that. Yeah, you're at least giving the uh, the players a chance to at least be like, hey, uh, 
I know we don't sound very trusting. We kind of had a rough day. We met some demons. Um, Are you lying? <laughs> Give me an I'm going to need an insight yeah. check. Are you sure check. you're lying? He's like, no, I'm not lying. Please. There's, I still have the e-core on my, on my, my, my shirt. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's, I'm glad you pointed that out because that was really something that I act, I actively tried to do avoid. It's just, it's not fun just to be like, oh, you failed everything. There, your idea is now not. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't do it now. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, a very pivotal thing. So I'm not going to go. I wa- we're kind of running uh, behind on time here. Yeah. So I just want to mention really quickly the one that I brought up and actually is the one you'll find in the show notes if you go to our website and check out the blog, mm-hmm. which is the um, Dis- Dismantling yeah. the Wards. Ooh. Alan, can I just say how awesome you are? That because I just realized awesome. I just realized that the credits are hyperlinks. Oh, you are nice. the man. <laughs> I don't care what anybody else says about it. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So I like this one because it's something that can be applied in a combat scenario if you want. Intricate Which arcane glyphs surround a prisoner, forming a prismatic magical circle. The colors of the barrier are ever-changing, humming with a low resonating power. The setup is the characters have been tasked with rescuing an NPC for some renown for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. That's up to you as the DM to decide why they're there. Uh, When they finally locate them, they find that the NPC has been imprisoned in a powerful magical circle and the characters must dismantle the wards that have been placed or risk hurting themselves or killing the NPC. Shoot, we can't do something like this in Everness already once with a portal. (laughs) Yep, they did. Oh yeah, we did. No, 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 no. I did. Well, you don't. Know, but there was, the, the, so there, uh, one of the skill challenges, you guys ran the one of the skill challenges that was in the last one. Right. The, the flooding of the portal. Yep, yep. Uh, but in this one, uh, the guy's imprisoned, or the person's imprisoned, and you got to get out. Now, this one is a complexity one. It's four successes, three failures, meant to go quick, something. That's why those ones you can usually end up doing in combat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're low checks in the primary skills for this are Arcana, Constitution, and Investigation. Now, Arcana, that's a weird one. We're going to talk about that in a second. Why don't you tell me about the one you like? I was going to choose Constitution because that is awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I love it when uh, characters kind of just willpower their way through shit. Mm-hmm. They're like, fuck the laws of magic. I'm going to just <laughs> rip my way through real quick. Uh, Zorax has done that a few times uh, by picking up a, a fucking devil shield, and he's like, oh, nope, this is all sorts of not good, guys. I'm going to hold on to it for a little longer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but that was on Wisdom. This is Constitution. Now, it's a moderate DC. The character attempts to weaken the ward by drawing some of the energy into themselves, either by direct contact or by attacking with a melee weapon. <laughs> Let him out! <laughs> just smash it with an axe. I just want to imagine he's like, so, um, I know it's not really a door, but... <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty good. So what uh, are the benefits of that? Uh, success grants advantage on the next Arcana check, which is awesome. And the character loses one hit die. Not as awesome, but that's okay. Failure, they lose two hit die. That's also not very good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> that's <laughs> <at> terrible. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I, I Again, I like the whole, like... Like, you pretty much just like, I'm just going to rub some dirt in it and put some elbow grease in it. I'm just going to rip this thing open. Go beyond. <laughs> Plus ultra. It's pretty good. I like that. Uh, Ian, is there one that... Uh... Yeah, well, let me see. We uh... we just covered Constitution. Right. Yeah. Really, the only options were, was Arcana, Investigation, and Constitution, which we covered. Mm-hmm. And 
investigation, the characters identify as hidden additional arcane glyphs hidden under thick layers of dirt that can Ooh. always be used. And this can only be used to gain one success, which also grants advantage on the next arcana check. Mm. Yep. So this is really cool because who's going to – or everyone's going to try to do the investigation. So normally I really struggle. like, well, what could they possibly find that would help them with this? I like the idea. Uh, just being able to just... Because there's always going to be more. Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't... Just it because you bit. see it... Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, that that was there. That's kind of important. Right. It also makes it so he doesn't misinterpret it. So the big one yes. is the Arcana check, right? Right. Uh, studying the magical circle, the character grants insight into the ward uh, and confirms it cannot be opened with mundane means. They begin to use their knowledge of the weave to dismantle the threads of the complex ward, pulling and twisting on the weave's threads in a mix of light, uh, lights and floating arcane sigils. I'm very much seeing like Doctor Strange kind of shit going on here yeah. with all the little glyphs floating in the air. Now... It doesn't tell you what happens on a success. It's just a success, right? Mm -hmm. No no additional benefits. You'll notice now that the primary, the, the secondary skills here actually benefit the primary the, skill, yep. right? Um, so on a failure, uh, the cha chaotic surge of magic rushes through the character, causing the character to lose one hit die. If the character doesn't have any hit die, they instead suffer a level of exhaustion. That's tough. You seeing a seeing a trend, but I do like it. I, I see. I'm I've always been a fan of how you do that mm -hmm. because I don't like the whole like ah oh, you take sixteen d six of raw lightning damage. Sorry, buddy. I've done uh, that too. Though that, that's a good time. <laughs> hey, I, I mean it's fine. Were uh, some handcuffs? Yeah, those are some tough handcuffs, dude. <laughs> and I do think it's nice that the uh, I still have them. <laughs> the skeleton challenge she does take dispel magic into account. Oh, yeah, I do like so? that as well. Okay. I mean, I know the answer, because like my knee-jerk reaction was like, uh, "Can you just use a spell magic and get rid of this?" But <laughs> until I read this line, I'm like, "Oh, for the purpose of dispel magic, treat the effect as a six-level spell, and dispel magic can only, only be remove one spell effects at a time." Which is still very cool. Um, I'm trying to think of another skill you could probably use in here. Yeah, and I want to say like maybe even like history saying if you've ever recalled seeing another one of these before okay and like I studies see that, and you can do that or sleight of hand how so how i i was also trying to wonder how to fit sleight of hand in there but i also what if you think basically just shit like when you're trying to, to disable a bomb it's just a magic one in this case <laughs> well this is a magical circle so there's no right as far I, as i can tell there's no like drink well i guess you could there could be okay. well i saw the the uh, fail <laughs> effects, so I don't think calling a mental bomb is the question either. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So let's actually talk about that then. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, uh, total success, the... the characters are able to successfully disable the magical circle prison, and it's warding. Poof, it's gone. Yay! On a success, the characters are able to successfully disable the magical prison, and it's warding, but the experience was taxing on the characters. The arcane energy sapped their strength. All characters lose a hit die. Now... You may not have hit dice, and now you may suffer a level of exhaustion. So, those are important to keep in very, mind. Very, very rough stuff. Um, yeah. On a failure, the character is able to safely bring down the magical. Uh, it, it actually, I just found a typo. Yep. It should be aren't able to safely bring down the the magical uh, uh, prisms yep. prisons wards. Yep. Uh, as a result, a powerful torrent of prismatic arcane energy is released. Each creature in a 20-foot radius of the circle must succeed a hard DC constitution saving throw or suffer a level of exhaustion. The DM can Ooh. determine randomly or decide if the NPC in the center is unconscious, maimed, or mm, dead. Ah. Quite literally a magical bomb. Yep. Could you... 
So there's a ward, and then there's the prison that's separate, right? No, just think, uh, it's actually based off the Magic Circle spell, which we actually do touch on. I can't go oh, Magic oh, Circle I see spell. It. Yep, 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 Prepared I see it. has advantage on all checks. But, um, gotcha. So what it is, it's just basically a magical circle on the ground, and then yep. there's energy that crackles up from the base. Um, could you... Because I'm trying to, I'm still trying to think of like other skills you could probably like throw in there. Because I, I feel like we want to maybe emphasize the fact that you could do that, right? We want to. Okay, I see what you're saying. Because um, like, while I don't think you could use sleight of hand, I'm sure you could probably use like any sort of like dexterity check to like mess up the ward. Maybe like try to draw. Uh... Okay, so essentially let's, you're let's like writing about, let's extra. Let's think of it as like a, a, a electric fence. And if you yeah. touch it, you weaken it. So if somebody said, hey, I want to try to draw power away from it like you did with the Unconstitution, mm-hmm. but I'm weak. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to throw a bunch of weapons at it and lean them against it to, to sap its strength. I was thinking like, more like um, like, like rewiring it. So like, See, that would be actively, arcana, though. Oh, I guess it would be arcana. It's all magic. it's magical. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Wow. Yep. Uh, depending on the situation, I just thought about how, like, uh, maybe, like, uh, you could shoot just, like, a heist instead instead of a rescue mission where, where okay, the stone ceiling above this guy? Well, let's cast shape stone above him. Lower a rope. <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> See, no, son of a bitch. That, see, yeah, I would that's... reward that. If you came up to me with that, I would say, you know what? The top is open. Um, <laughs> you asked about sleight of hand. What do you think? Carefully scratching and damaging... Like the, the glyphs, glyphs. Yep. that makes sense. Yeah. See that that was that that would make sense. That'd be tough, but that's the point. That's the point, right? Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. is the part of the the challenge. But I could definitely see like a rogue thinking, like scratching his head, like, uh, now I don't know shit about magic, but what I do know is if I fuck this thing up, <laughs> something's gonna happen. Something's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, because I. Actually, what made me think that that was my flashback to like a dungeon in Pathfinder one time where we once annoyed the DM thing. You need to go through all these su- basement sub levels before you get to the boss. It's going to be a beat grinder. Shape earth, shape earth, shape earth, shape earth, shape earth. All the way down? <laughs> yep. yep. That reminds me of uh, in Underworld where she just needs to go down a level, so she just shoots the floor out yep, below she her. She just shoots the floor <laughs> down. <laughs> um, and I was like, what the? <laughs> it like right. it came from like the whole. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of the layout? I do like the layout. It's, layout. it's very pretty. Yeah. It's very. Uh... It's very fourth edition to me. Yeah, which yeah. I think is appropriate. Yep. So, I mean, um, skill challenge just like a big thing in fourth. So yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't know if he did that on purpose or not. Because mm-hmm. um, Alan did the layout. For but me. Uh, I do. Uh... That was a good one. I like that. Uh... Mm-hmm. That last there are right there. there are 19 um, skill challenges and challenge accepted too, and there is a lot of variety to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think we didn't even talk about my favorite one, which is the bargaining of the method. <laughs> Making a I deal with the method. I saw that one. That one was um, funny. There's 19 in here, uh, going from repairing a ship through uh, Just being in the desert, going into through a gate of souls. Yeah, getting lost in the desert. That's like, a fun one. There's a. You there's ever a had lot an encounter of... that causes players to lose items? There's one for you. That's a good one. I like that idea. <laughs> if you fail this check, boom, you drop your stuff and it's lost in the desert. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. Uh, so there's lots of good stuff in here. I have a lot of fun uh, making these. This is the first time I did like the uh, sequential cha- skill challenges where they're done in stages. So like hmm. catching a thief is something that's done in stages. So. Yeah. Uh, overall, first you got to catch them and then you got to restrain them, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, overall, I really enjoyed writing this. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I hope that we've brought you guys some kind of... That Barry's Fly one is today. scary. Yeah, it is. I would, the concept alone is so 
mortifying to begin with, and that picture really sells it. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good picture. I, 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 yeah, I scavenged to get some uh, good stuff. All right, I stuff. think that'll do it for our episode today. Um, challenge accepted one and two. Obviously, I say one and two. We have both. Mm-hmm. They are standalone, so you don't need one or the other. You nope. all the rules for running them are in both books. So pick mm-hmm. them up. You can head on over to crickemmy.com or DMs Guild and, and pick them up. If you like them, please leave a review. Um, uh, a lot of work Certainly goes into helps. these. Yeah. A lot of work. Uh, <laughs> I don't hardly have any free time anymore. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's okay. I like doing it. So uh, fair yeah. that'll do it for our main topic today. Before we move on to our under tips and tricks, we have another gift to give away. Compliments of Jeff Stevens. Just Steven Games presents Scourge of the Nightingale. Part 1, A Song of Love. <laughs> a mass menace terrifies the region, raiding villages to fund her devious plans. Unknowingly, the adventurers stumble into her most recent evil scheme, the kidnapping of a famous performer known as Devon Arches. Their mission is to deliver a ransom and collect Devon. Though, as in most cases, not all goes as planned. I would love for De- Devon to be in that dismantling the ward skill challenge. Yeah. Blow that fucker up, Pookie. <laughs> and today's winner is, I'm guessing it's Lee G1993. Congratulations. If you enjoy the product, please leave them a review and consider picking up part two and three. Um, if you didn't win, have no fear. Uh, Crit Academy is here. Head on over to CritAcademy.com slash Jeff Stevens and get Villains and Layers 3 and Encounters on the Savage Seas 3 for free. Booyah. Woo! Fat Boom. loots. Jeff is all about those fat loots. It's true. Um, and actually, while we're talking about Jeff, that reminds me, you guys. Senior Hiff. Senior Hiff. Senior Hiff. So I'm really excited. Uh, Jeff Stevens has uh, been such a great uh, pal to us. Uh, he's actually Absolutely. a lot of the inspiration for uh, how we've... We're... Jeff has been greatly bent yeah. to us. Yeah, I mean, he's been a, a mentor and a source of encouragement for... Oh, man, it's been years now, hasn't it? Yeah. It, it's been a while. It's been years. So I want to give him a blurb because he's got a Kickstarter upcoming. Ooh. And I'm really excited about it. We'll actually be having him on the show soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about Adventures from the Potbelly Cobalt, a book containing 15 short 5th edition adventures designed by some of the RPG's gr- industry's greatest talent. A few of the adventures are... Into the Clouds by J.V.C. Perry. Blue Moon by Cat Evans. Shattered Grace by Sly Flourish. <laughs> Clunk Spindle's Clockwork Conundrum by M.T. Black. Redeemed with Fire by Sean Merwin. And Instability of Isolation by Tony Winslow Brill. I just want to say I most certainly had the hardest one. <laughs> I avoided that one on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> I actually know who some of these people are. Yeah, we've had some of them on our yeah. show. I know. The adventures are designed to be used individually, giving a game master the ability to run a quick one-shot or allowing them to drop the adventure into their own campaign. The Pot-Bellied Kobold also has a way to link several of the adventurers, uh, providing you with a short campaign. Woohoo! Adventures from the Pot-Bellied Kobold uses creatures from the 5th edition basic rules, but 
also provides suggestions on how to integrate creatures found in Kobold's press, presses, Tomes of Beast, in the Creature Codex. That's cool. It is very cool. Because they're, they're including uh, a large group <laughs> of really putting those books to use that some people, yes. if they don't use it in homebrew, they don't, they don't use it, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I really am excited for this product. Um, like I said, Jeff has really been awesome to me. So I wanted to give him a, a big shout out yeah. here and say thank you to everything. We actually have a, a nice little reward, uh, in our blog. Uh, I sent out a blog that actually has a sample from it, uh, last week, I think that you can pick up. That's free. It's, uh, slime came of Norwal free adventure. Okay. You can find it at CritAcademy.com slash post slash slime dash cave dash of dash of Norwal dash free dash adventure. Shame <laughs> on Justin for not changing that. <laughs> it's shorter. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, thank you, Jeff, for all your help. Uh, you're Much appreciated. The, the, yeah. the, the, the plug. And now what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. So we got our character concept here. That is the Doomsayer. I speak for the cold darkness beyond the stars. I see the myriad of ways that doom comes upon you. You wrap yourself in the fear of the darkness beyond the stars and use it as a shield against your enemies. In addition, you examine the strands of fate. You two issue the proclamations of doom to all who stand against you. So Basically, got, sorry. you are crazy. What? No. But <laughs> say, say you're a goth guy? So, <laughs> there's a specific class that doesn't follow this theme at all, but you could easily give it this theme. You know what that is? The sorcerer? Warlock? That's what I was going to leave I with. was thinking specifically the divin- divination wizard who has the portent. Who has the what? The portent ability. You roll the what dice did? and you can replay. you can replace dice during the game with those rolls. Um, and so you're issuing proclamations of doom to all those who stand against oh. you, right? So you can literally change the DM's dice rolls. Okay. So when you get like twos and threes and low rolls, I have foreseen your doom. My name is Rakum and it rhymes with doom. <laughs> and you'll be meeting your end all too soon. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, so the divination wizard's portent ability fits great with this because normally you think divination, they're, they're seeing the future, but no, they're not seeing a good future they're only seeing the bad futures you're all going to die just figured you want to know <laughs> <laughs> oh man that person would be awesome to have that'd so, be kind of fun i like that is there yeah. any other uh spells or abilities you think would make good good for this or features uh i i see that you have like the lore bard down which actually i could agree with that as well Yep. Yeah, or for they have any, cutting words. Yeah. So instead of it being you're shouting at them, it's instead of you actually knowing the future's grim and dark, you're just telling them the future's grim like, and dark. You should know that that man over there is about to slice your abdomen deep with a gash. Just kidding, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the Bane spell is took a, good, a level good in one too, right? Where yeah, Bane is very you're good. Reflavoring the the. Um, I just love the Bane spell. What a yeah. fun spell. See, it's hard though. Like. When I have access yeah. to Bless or Bane, I will always take Bless. I can actually see this being a flavored version of a Vicious Mockery, too, for that matter. <laughs> there you go. It's a good one. I didn't even think about that. Because you're basically, instead of insulting them, you're, you're, see- setting this, you're saying the, the doom that's going to befall them and, and knocking them off their game. I see what you're going to do. It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. That's an intimidation check. Or, like, maybe it's like... 
you you speak the literal like strands of fate that is doom and like the, as it like hits them in their head like you're you're mentally like altering them so they're like oh fuck oh no i see it myself now oh, it's no. like oh yeah it, wait really i mean it, yes yes Dude. you see the doom <laughs> tossing illusion illusion spells in with that that'd be that fun. whole theme that'd be good i like that i love it uh that yeah i did immediately also think like warlock yeah, <laughs> I didn't think Warlock at all, but I, I think I mean, like the Pact of the Fiend is like, oh yeah, I see Doom. He's my best friend, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll do it for our character concept, the Doomsayer. Our monster variant is the Black Rock Dreadnought. A combination of acid and stone, the Black Rock Dreadnought prefers to follow commands, leaving hard decisions to those smarter than itself. Me too. So long as its endless appetite for death and destruction can be satiated, sated. It's like any cat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a cat that's around just trying so, to murder everything so you'll use the stat block of the gargoyle it'll lose its bite and false appearance it'll also lose immunity to petrification i didn't write that on there but that just seemed like a given oh no it's still a black rock dreadnought never mind i'm not i'm an idiot I, that's why it's uh, not there <laughs> yeah uh new features are immunity to uh, immunity to acid you're going to give it acidic aura at the start of each of the dreadnoughts turns each creature within five feet takes one d three one d four acid damage and a creature that touches it or hits it with a melee attack also takes one d four acid damage nice uh, i like it caustic boulder recharge six ranged weapon attack um, you lo- he lodges launches this thing for one d ten bludgeoning damage, hit or miss that splashes the area and the tar uh and the target and each creature within five feet must ma- succeed a DC thirteen deck save or take two d six acid damage. It's literally an acid fireball. Yes, but it's also a rock. Yeah, I love it. It's also not eight d six. Yeah, it's also not eight d six, but it could <laughs> Wait, did I say eight d six? No, no, but it should be. Always a fireball, oh, like yeah. what? <laughs> but it should be. Yeah. But it's it's it's. I just envision if it's going to be hurling boulders and it's coated in acid, the boulders might as well be coated in yeah. acid as well. Yeah. So why not make it deal more damage? He's going to rock out. But wait, there's more. He has yeah. a reaction called knockback. When the dreadnought is hit with a melee weapon attack, it can use its reaction to take the shove action. Guess what you do when you take the shove action? You knock a bitch to the ground. I would love it if they did like the shove action. But, like, they hit a wall, and then your DM's like, oh, yeah, well, since this giant rock monster just slammed your head into a wall, you take bludgeoning damage. I've done that. I've treated it as fall damage. Yep. Yeah. Technically, that's not raw, but I don't right. think a lot of people would argue too much of that. I just think, like, well, some it, will, but, what, yeah. it'd be, like, super cool, right? This giant monster just threw you into a wall. Now, there's no, like, throwing damage, so why not make it a thing? I do. Some people do. Yeah. And I think that's fun. Yeah. Well, I like the knockback just because you can push somebody into prone. Yeah. So yeah. every atta- following attack would have disadvantage, or I would, ha- or the the monster would have advantage in slamming you into the ground. He's <laughs> just punching you in the earth. Like, how pissed off would you be as the paladin? You come up, you slap him. He just bitch slaps you, and you fall to the ground. And then you're trying to either get up or like stab him in the air. But if you used all your movement or more than half your movement to get to him, you can't stand back up. So yeah. his next time, he just steps on him. So he just comes. <laughs> like, he's giving like you, giving you the the boot. He's like, hey, sure, you good. That's bad. That's funny. Oh, man. All right. I think that'll do it for the monster variant, the Black Rock Dreadnought. Like All right. That. Ian, would you like to tell us about our encounter of the pot? Damn, I should have had you the monster. I really like this encounter. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Whatever. The encounter of the podcast today is the Door of the Dragon. Ooh. The characters approach a large, intricately carved wooden double door. Cool. The image of a ferocious dragon surrounded by small white gems 
watches protectively for anyone who approaches. Etched into the door in Draconic is the words, Speak the name of your king and queen to pass. I like how it's in Draconic. A character with Draconic heritage can speak the words, and the door will open. Do they have to have specifically Draconic heritage? I think that implies that no Draconic as a result, so... So, the idea was that a character with Draconic heritage, that would be a Dragonborn, Dragonborn, Dragonborn or, or the Sorcerer. Sorcerer with the Dragon um, Bloodline yeah. thing. Yeah. There's no puzzle. They're, they're the, they bypass the puzzle because of the nature of who they are. Okay, so it's not just strictly you have to have Draconic. You have to be basically born with the The, re- the reason I included okay. this, because I feel like it's so awesome to have an option... That Absolutely doesn't come into play very often in heritage and race. For sure, isn't. yes. So saying, uh, having everyone trying to solve this problem, and then the the dragonborn just walk up and say, it and the damn doors open, like, well, you were expecting this big complex puzzle. Well, because of your group makeup. Mm-hmm. No, I like that a lot. Anyways, I definitely like continue. that a lot. Now, the door has a mechanical lock as well as the arcane lock spell cast on it. A strength athletics check to defeat the lock is really high. Of DC 30, actually. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Your barbarian's probably not going to break it down. <laughs> he would love to, but he ain't going <laughs> to. Oh my And the dexterity Lord. check to bypass the metro lock using thieves' tools is 25. Also ridiculous. Yes, but doable. Casting the doable, knock spell on the door su- suppresses the magical lock for 10 minutes, lowering the DC by 10 during that time. So More that, reasonable. Much yeah. reasonable, yeah. The mechanical lock remains intact if the magical lock is bypassed, requiring another knock spell or the use of the key, which you can plant on any patrol as you wish. And the door is also warded from forced entry. Fucking <laughs> Justin, what were you doing? If a character tries no to force the door open or fails to check to unlock, get triggers the trap. A successful DC 21 perception che- check detects tiny little uh, cold fractures around a series of small gems set in the door. If activated, anyone within range is hit by a cone of cold spell emanating from the white gems. Get wrecked. Now, is it just one instance of cone of cold, or is it multiple depending on how no, many gems it, there are? It, well, it, well, I just have it worded with just one cone of cold fact, but damn, that would That doesn't mean it doesn't trigger multiple times. Right. See, that's what I was in, going in my In my mind, it would trigger once, but it could every time you fail, you trigger. Right. Um, I so, like how there's no combat. It, yeah, it's not. It's, it's just, just a, puzzle a door. giant and fucking door. <laughs> and it's also worth mentioning that kind of cold is a fifth level spell. It's yeah, very strong. It's pretty strong. Yeah. Um, so what makes this interesting is a couple things. First of all, there is a way to bypass it. Yep. Yes. Um, and actually makes it not threatening or anything. Um, so I could easily see uh, giving a, a, either a religion check for people who follow Bahamut because it says speak the name of the king and queen to pass. You notice I didn't actually tell you what it what it is. Yeah, you didn't. Do you guys know what it is? Bahama and Tiamat. It is. That's interesting. I, I like that a lot. That, it ties directly to what history? Yes, to the history of it, which <laughs> is also very cool. Yeah, yeah. Matt, another door. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. So, what? I guess I should. So, probably... would you would you allow them for someone who is a follower of Bahamut to be able to speak the names and to get in? Absolutely. Okay. Well, no, because, because it requires is, Draconic Heritage to just bypass. Right. I would say that if somebody in Draconic says the line that's the right answer, you could. I would probably just lower the DC. Okay. But you wouldn't tell them, I, I imagine. Wouldn't tell them. You no. wouldn't even... Would you even give... I would give a clue that you... you, you, you that's know, like a flicker the word. of the words or something okay. happens. 
I mean, it's the responsibility of the DM to include little details like that. I didn't feel like I needed to explain all of it. Right. But I do feel like I should give at least give the answers to the... I thought it was obvious, but then it occurs to me that may not be obvious that it's uh, Bahamut and Tiamat. I figured Bahamut was one of them, but I didn't... I forgot that yep. Tiamat is the queen yeah, and is the the, the, brother and the other right? half. <laughs> so that that's kind of cool. Um, so... Overall, what do you guys think? I, I love it. This is very cool. Yeah, there's so many lot of memes out there You're that on. stress do, DM should not assume. You're on your game. Please. Thanks. You guys try to... It's just a catfish. Stop trying to seduce it. Just please move on past the river already. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the, that I, uh, including the use of the knock spell, which is expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's cool here is with an intelligence or history check, they may know that they just need to go find somebody. If they can't get past these, That's also they could just go too. find somebody yeah. that, that meets those requirements. That actually kind of ties into like one of the other hints huh? that's coming up. How many cold of cold of cones do you th- cone of colds do you think a party would have to take for like? Eh, hey, we can't get this. We should probably just find somebody with draconic heritage. Hot enough to where someone dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, Billy's dead. We need a replacement anyway. Let's find a dragonborn. Yeah, let's find a dragonborn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some uh, players are slow learners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Billy right. was one of them. <laughs> all right, that'll do it for the encounter of the podcast. That was pretty uh, good. I liked that one. Well, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. I put a lot of work into this shit. I'm yeah. getting better. <laughs> I would, uh, I don't know. It, it's cool. I, I, I'm just Sounds like you wondering what else, like, if there was another way I could bypass it somehow. But I'm like, no, it's pretty locked tight. <laughs> Transmutation. Uh, yeah. Can can the transmutation spell change blood? Could you give yourself our uh like draconic blood? Yeah. Would you live for much longer afterwards? Because <laughs> you have suddenly a different blood type and your body's like uh, uh now you're getting to the science of it. Yeah, I but guess I know that's the, fair, yeah. The transmutation wizard's very underused and I think it can do a lot of cool things. And if a player had a high enough level, Could I'd probably you be like, you probably fool an ancient door like that. <laughs> oh, I guess why not? It's just a door. <laughs> Ritual with a dragon heart infused to a sacrifice. Ooh. Oh, shit. I what love that. What if you found an actual dragon to agree with you? Uh, well, he's going to want That's a whole another encounter. Yeah, I love that. Like, players might think of that. Well, let's go find a young dragon. That dragon's go not going to fucking like you. Let's make a deal. Open the door for us, and we'll give you something to start your order. I'm sure if you walk around in town long enough, you will find a gold dragon or a silver dragon. <laughs> Just uh, uh, beware. Because they're high-level dragons, and they, they, will, actually, uh, de- they will devour you on sight. I was reading, because I, I did the research for this, and in the Bahamut's lore, it talks about how he appears to mortals and when he walks around as a mortal. Uh-huh. And there's there's a dead giveaway that it's him. I but you have know to that. know that I didn't in know order to spot him. It's pretty cool. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Cause well, yeah, because now, now that I know that, it's like, oh, shit, have I met him it. before? <laughs> right. Uh, all right. That'll do it for our Encounter of the uh, Podcast. The Door of the Dragon. Door of the Dragon. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. We awesome. should incorporate yeah. more, like, like uh, race stuff in, like, encounters. Well, I started. Cool. I've, I'm there. So now that I've done that, it once, hopefully that's pretty I'll cool. do it more. Yeah. Yeah. All right, do you want to tell us about our magic item? Absolutely. This is the Crypt Spawn Potion. Uh, this vicious liquid smells faintly of death, yet invigorates you against diseases and poison. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, yep. 
Uh, it's drink a potion. The, it's uncommon. Drink this nasty smelling stuff. Yeah, uh, a character who drinks this magical ash gray fluid, not even a liquid, <laughs> uh, <laughs> regains 4d4 plus 4 hit points. Nice. Additionally, you gain immunity to poison and necrotic damage for, I'm sorry, immunity? Yep. That's for what it one says. minute? Holy shit. Entire battle. Yeah, that's really. It's a game changer. That is a huge game changer. Oh, yeah, that devil that's like throwing like necrotic damage at me nonstop. I'm just going to take a swig of this, and he's going to look at me like, how in the fresh Give me a con save to see if you'd barf. It's so nasty and throw it back up. Yeah. Hit me with finger of death. I dare you. Um, This is another (laughs) item made from our generator. uh, Yep. Our our magic healing potion generator. Really? You can get that at critacademy.com in the. the, in the freebie section. <laughs> Honestly, I just like, I need a magic item that's consumable. Hey, I made a whole thing about these. Let me just, let me just roll it up. <laughs> boop, boop, uh, boop. Oh, this one's interesting. Do you guys like this though? No, yep. yeah. It's, it's simple and great. straightforward, right? Powerful. Yeah. Potent. <laughs> that's how I do it. That'll do it for our magic item, the Crypt Spawn Potion. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, you just throw it on some like trees and uh, suddenly you grew a zombie. Um, Not sure how that happened, but it fights for you for a minute. <gasps> you just gave me an awesome idea for a consumable. Cool. Dragon Ball Z, Cyberman. I'm totally making a oh potion that God. spews out Cyberman. Cyberman. We can go our own rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, young baby Vegeta or Vegeta Junior. Vegeta Junior. Vegeta Junior. Now he's worth three rabbits. <laughs> I love that's the best way to measure power levels. All right, uh, uh, oh, I love it. Or just in the, or just in the Argonauts. Oh, the Argonauts. We had the movie. What they. Where they had hydro teeth and they grew out as skeletons. I don't God. remember that. Could that be like a necromancer like character concept? Where it's like, oh yeah, he makes ah, these people, but it's just he throws his teeth out and he grows <laughs> skeletons That's of himself. So gross. Ian, would you like to tell us about our dungeon master tip? Our dungeon master tip for today is interpreters. Oh my God, is this from us? <laughs> Yeah. I can already see it. Well, this is part of the reason it came up, because you guys have ran into this exact issue. That fucking sucked. Yeah. (laughs) Include interpreters to make language variations stand out in your games. By forcing the characters to interact with an intermediary, you open the world to a new collection of challenges. What if the interpreter isn't around? Maybe an enemy poisoned them. Now the characters can't communicate with that person that they are likely to protect. And also, it gives some of the lesser used character spells and abilities such as tongues a chance to shine. Likewise, this can end up with a single player character becoming an interpreter, leading to similar t- situations. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Honestly, like, I was. When I was uh, starting to talk to the, the big demon guy, I was like, What are you doing here? I was like, well, Don't you see? I'm inspecting the ship. Did you not just see the bone devil down there? You want to ask about them? <laughs> And he was like, <sighs> I thought I'd give you a clipboard. <laughs> the clipboard really sells it, man. Yeah, you guys are bullshit. <laughs> it's so fun, though. Just it, cause like, Yeah, and then the one time it failed, you're like, oh, he saw through it, motherfucker. Look how far you got. Yeah, I know, but like, still, it was <laughs> fun. I was like, you'll bitch about anything. Get, oh, for sure. Get, yep. Enemies may act tough when you draw swords and fling spells at them, but you pull up bureaucracy. <laughs> That's even worse than any blade. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. When you tell 30 them 30 days of paperwork? Are you kidding me? I'll take a sword to the gut instead. Like, like, I... like shoot, there's a meme that went around from a, a Batman episode with the Joker. Are you nuts? I may be crazy. I might be able to fight Batman, but I am not going up against the IRS. <laughs> yeah, dude, no one's that dumb. So I just like the concept because we were just talking to the devil. I was like, I was like yeah, you don't want to get demoted. I was like, no. 
But we can demote that guy. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. <laughs> I should have said something like that. that would have been great. Yeah, I really I like this because <laughs> when you're in a situation where you need to protect somebody or um, you need to communicate with nobility, but they're from a foreign land. What happens when the area is attacked and you no longer have anybody to talk to that person? It oh. makes it very challenging to communicate ideas, thoughts, and concepts. Shit. Well, we all better start to learn how to like point at things and make sense of it. Or can you even have like a fun to a degree somewhat with like uh, how sometimes a phrase may not necessarily translate one to one over to another language? Okay, and then end up getting <laughs> things mixed up. Yeah. I told you to go in and get my armor. This is your armor. You said the dead armor. What? That's why it's all rusted. I said the red armor, asshole! Or like, you're trying to tell him to fuck off, but you instead told the noble you wanted to fuck his daughter. Oh, no, Jesus. <laughs> That's a real big blunder. <laughs> right. Get. Translator, ask the orc what his name is. Uh, the orc says his name is Dennis. Oh, God, not this again. Okay. <laughs> Wait, this the guy's name's Dennis? Well, actually, in Orcish, his name means uh, lover of skulls. His name is Skullfucker? <laughs> <laughs> lover of skulls. Uh, it also could mean he collects them, but... Uh, <laughs> our, our, that'll do it for our Dungeon Master Tip and interpreters. interpreters. Pretty good one. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't be a dick! dick. Oh, wow. And you can weird. avoid dickitude by... <laughs> Uh, solicit recommendations for new players. It can be confusing and overwhelming, uh, to know what to play like or even maybe a veteran player wants to know what might be a good fit for the campaign. Don't be afraid to solicit recommendations. Don't just guess about what kinds of characters that might be rewarding to play when you, uh, when you ask, you can ask the one person who's most likely to know your DM. Yeah. Ask him. It, you know, we've seen this before where players talk to the party. We mentioned it in metagame. That's probably yep. why it popped up where, what are you guys running, right? That's a good way yeah. you can ask the DM. I'm sure they got plenty of ideas and uh, about backgrounds and classes and concepts and that are perfect for the, the adventures that are coming. You know, we, we talked about it in the metagaming episode that it's metagaming to ask the party, what are you guys all running? I'll pick something to fit. Um, if you don't know who those party members are, you can always reach out to the DM. And honestly, I get these emails all the time for our patron games. Mm -hmm. They say, hey, what's everyone running? Do you know why they ask that? Because they want something that'll fit and doesn't encroach on somebody else's space. Right. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. It's also kind of respectful to just be like, well, I don't want to just do the thing that you're doing because, you know, now we're both doing the same thing. We're, but both of us aren't right. going to be able to do it every time, you know. Now, you don't have to take the dm's recommendation outright you can look for ways to put your own spin on those ideas um for example he or she you know recommends a primal character uh for a wilderness-based campaign setting you so you may most be interested in the fighter class or you're most interested in the fighter class but uh maybe your fighter is raised in a barbarian tribe so you got the mentality of a barbarian but mechanically you're a fighter, a fighter. yeah um, and I that think that's a, a really great way to do that. Yeah, because let's face it, not all character concepts always fit in all campaigns necessarily. Right. I was going to say, not all fighters are soldiers, but all soldiers are fighters. <laughs> that's true. Yep. Anyways, I think this is really interesting. Um, sometimes it's a good just ask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, and it's always good to go to your DM anyway, too, because like it is very likely that they probably sat down and thought, man... What character would I want to play? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure they have 
plenty of ideas to Or at to least go 100 around. characters sitting around that they never get to play. Yep. Yeah, here's my character concept. I'm going to play a bard on the slap the clown who was raised in the circus. We're playing a campaign against Mind Flayers. <laughs> or you're a... Uh... You're playing a ranger with a uh, favorite terrain of Arctic, but you're, Arctic, in a jungle. But you're on a jungle or in a desert. Yeah. yeah. All right. That'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be, be a, a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by soliciting recommendations. It helps. Now, please join us on our next episode where we'll be discussing why fighters and melee characters are awesome. We will be joined by Mr. Tarask, a YouTuber and awesome. reviewer. I'm super excited. Uh, I love his content, so... Uh, well, this is going to be this. an awesome episode, because I fucking love fighters in melee classes. They get, like, trucks. It's great. Yes! You know what? And that's that's a perfectly good way to, to love them. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any feedback, other tips and tricks, or topics you'd like us to discuss, please send them to us. You can email them to us at critacademy at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and uh, Twitch at Critacademy. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed the uh, experience here at Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a hopefully five-star review on iTunes or just send a message telling us how much you enjoy the show. And also be sure to give us a like and the share. Make sure to subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com. Follow us on Twitch.tv slash CritAcademy. Follow us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash CritAcademy. Uh, so we can help you on your future adventures as well as be entered to win cool prizes. Also, make sure to check out our fellowship members uh, while you're at our website as well. If you have not checked out the awesome resource that is Jeff Stevens, he's got amazing uh, free content. Um, the guy's for sure shit's awesome. As we mentioned earlier, you can he's go a to machine. Our, yeah, you can go to our website and pick up the Slime Cave and Narwhal for free, um, or head on over to Game Master Stash, their Facebook group. Uh, they make amazing content every single they day. They also pump to, out content like crazy. Yeah, they must have like a dozen writers. They have to. For as much content as they push out. Oh, you know what I didn't say? The, sli- the Slime Cave of Norwal is written by James Intracasso. Ooh. The bi- one of the biggest names in the uh, writing, uh, D&D writing industry. So Nice. Um, yeah, he also runs Tabletop Babble. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, well, he did. I think when he gets to episode 200, somebody else is taking over. But anyways, nah. I think that'll do it for our show today. Yo. I am your host, Justin. No, I'm your co-host, Austin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. 